Hey, guten Morgen. Welcome back to the... Triste for Governor Show! It's America! How's your time, So here we are, we're hot on the trail of Trump going to jail. But we're also doing comedy and... Um, <clears throat> ooh, wow, that's pretty cool. Anunnaki space travelers developed Sumerians and left kernels of truth behind. Three hours ago. Wow. Okay, let's listen to that. The practice you are about to learn is almost never described publicly. The cave of Brahma can activate a wide range of new powers, abilities, and states of consciousness. We will explore four major secrets of sacred geometry. These secrets will guide us into learning a very powerful method which can activate any energy center in your body or energy field. Apply that theory. You'll learn how to apply this method to activate the most important energy center in the human head. Sacred geometry, spiritual science. Okay, that sounds pretty cool. Okay, here we go. Anunnaki. Anunnaki space travelers developed Sumerians and left kernels of truth behind by Sumerian Origins Channel. As an advanced civilization that traversed space to reach this planet, colonize it, exploit its resources, and transport these metals by freighter to their orbiting ship, surely there must be some evidence in religious and secular literature that references the skyborne vehicles used by these ancient astronauts. Yeah, at like least in all mythologies. Ezekiel's fiery chariot seems to be the apparent illusion. The book of Ezekiel describes it graphically several times, making it impossible to dismiss it as a mere aberration of the text. Throughout the scriptures, aerial machines appear, usually interpreted in religious and mystical terms. Their refusal to acknowledge them for who they are reflects their mindset. Ezekiel is no exception. <coughs> it is perhaps Ezekiel's way of avoiding troublesome references by referring to it as a fiery chariot, which has mythological connotations. Biblical scholars have never translated or referred to these unusual vehicles as aircraft, airships, or spaceships. Airships were called chariots by the landlocked Hebrews, while boats of heaven by the seagoing Egyptians. Boats of heaven. The airborne craft is frequently mentioned in the scriptures, but its appearance has been obscured by theological interpretation and inaccuracy. Fiery chariots. The ancient astronauts' vehicles will be identified and separated based on their purposes. Shekinah, or Kabod, are the names given to God's space capsules or private housing in the scriptures. Huh. It is called a Kabod in Exodus and Ezekiel, and a Shekinah in Pseudepigrapha and Haggadah. Both are mounted on a larger vehicle like or booster platform called Cherubim. It was possible to leave the orbiting spaceship or travel on Earth with the composite craft or command capsule and the booster platform. Although the capsule could also travel independently for short distances, as seen in Ezekiel's case. 
more giant booster rocket called a Shem in the Old Testament and a Shumu in Sumerian literature for the command capsule to leave Earth's gravity and reach the orbiting spaceship. Because it was considered the actual residence of the gods, the personal command capsule, or Shekinah or Kabod, held a special significance for ancient Middle Eastern peoples, and each civilization revered it differently according to its own traditions. This cone-shaped command capsule is known as the Bethel of the Hebrews, the best of the Canaanites and Phoenicians, the Ben-Ben of the Egyptians, and the Ophalos of the Greeks. The hybrid rocket vehicle of the ancients was also the source of the legendary phoenix bird that appeared out of its own ashes in the fire, as we will see below. He is given a tour of the spaceship by the patriarch Enoch, who gives him a tour of the heavenly abode on his journey with the prophet Ishmael. The Hebrew book of Enoch contains many indications suggesting that the so-called heavenly abode was an orbiting mothership or a large city in space. Despite its spiritualistic tone, this book describes a giant complex spaceship when stripped of its theological jargon. The spaceship has seven decks or heavens. At the entrance of each deck are seven palaces arranged in concentric circles. In the center of the ship was the Arabot, which was the residence of the chief deity. Shekinah, or the dwelling of the deity, is located here. A platform called Cherubim supports it. Several managerial functions are assigned to Prince's managers, who appear to be in charge of the spacecraft's various operational activities. The Prince of the Wheels is Rick Biel, who is responsible for the wheels of the chariot, or the Shekinah. Haile El is the Prince of the Holy Creatures, or Hyot. Since the term is derived from Hyel, an army, these are probably soldiers. Ribi El is the Prince of the Cherubim, whose platform rests on the Shekinah. Opani El is the Prince of the Opanim, who seem to be the mechanics since they maintain the craft. He polishes their platform, adorns their compartments, smooths their turnings, and cleans their seats. If the composite craft leaves the heavenly abode or spaceship, there is a ceremony known as Kedusa, which is syllogistic for launch. A Kedusa ceremony is conducted when the Shekinah departs. A robot's gates tremble as the pillars and bases of the heavens are shaken. The Hebrew Book of Enoch describes a cosmic commotion at the singing of the Kedusa, similar to the countdown and frantic activity accompanying rocket launch. The angels and princes are draped with brilliant starry crowns before the vigorous activity begins. The crowns are clearly protective devices against the deafening noise and brilliant glare of the blast-off. There is a warning for the participants that an accident or tragedy could occur if the proper procedure is not followed, since when they fail to follow the proper order of the Kedusa, the devouring fire comes out from the Holy One's fingers and destroys the ministering angels. As the Shekinah moves, a fire follows him as he devours all those around him. So, the rocket exhaust can be pretty dangerous. During one of its trips after leaving the spaceship, the Shekinah was described in the Haggadah, the Jewish oral tradition. A section of the Bible describes the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah by the Shekinah. According to this source, Shekinah had descended to destroy these cities. According to Josephus in his Antiquities of the Jews, 
These cities were destroyed by a thunderbolt, suggesting that the spaceship used a missile or beam weapon to destroy them. He says, God cast a thunderbolt upon the city and set it on fire. It is commonly known as the Kabod, occasionally Kebod or Kavod in the Old Testament, which is another name for the Shekinah, Ezekiel's fiery chariot. One summer day, an incandescent cloud bore to... We know that God did not create us to be equal to men. You know what? We aren't equal to men. Women are different from men. We don't want to be equal to them because we are not the same. We get great deals no matter where you order from. <clears throat> Hello. Ni hao ma. Hey, this uh, this um, seat doesn't stay up. Uh, which one? The on um, this new one. No, no, I, I, I gotta do something to it. Uh, I don't know what the. Uh, we could trade a seat. There's brand new ones right there. So try another seat right there. I thought it was maybe um. It's a seat size. I thought it was maybe that um that thing needs to be uh tightened. Oh yeah, he, he, um, there's a couple of them that won't tighten up at all. Okay. Like, I don't know, I tried, I tried, uh, and I tried. Uh, I was just in there reading Adrian's fucking shit, her fucking shit that she left in the letters and stuff. Uh -huh. Oh my god, like, I was looking at the counseling thing. Like, they just fuck you up in there. They act, they're like, they're like, okay, what do you do? Your friends, they get, this is the question they ask. What do you do? Your friends have a bunch of drugs, you gotta go with your P.O.s, and... You're, uh, you're, you're having thoughts. What do you do? Uh, and, then, and they make an answer the question. She's like, get high, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I deal with the consequences later. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, this is what this shit says. And then, and then, and then he goes, is that the right thought? No, but, you know. You know what, she, you know what she needs? She needs to do it ayahuasca. Um, ayahuasca has an 80 percent success rate. That's what Un she needed? Unlike, uh, yeah, unlike, um, <clears throat> um, methadone, uh, okay, which well, is, is a placebo. Methadone has the same success rate as a placebo. Did you know that? Methadone? Yeah, methadone. Has the same? Success rates as a placebo. What does that mean? They don't, they don't work. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, they, they, she's, she's on it. I got a letter in the mail. So she it's just, a, she it's just like, went to the clinic on, on, on September the 10th. Uh -huh. in here in town okay. she just went to the clinic i got a letter that said you haven't shown up in like uh -huh. a couple on a week you know we're worried about you uh -huh. so she's been going to the clinic is that is that to give you methadone she's on methadone now oh, she's okay. on methadone instead of instead yeah of it doesn't don't fucking work and, and that's why they that's why they use it because it don't fucking work it's a uh, um ayahuasca ayahuasca and um other uh like shamanistic retreats yeah. that's what we should that's what uh, Marrakesh, Marrakesh should do if we were smart. We're not fucking smart. We should go by what works. And uh, ayahuasca works. So uh, I would set up uh, clinics for ayahuasca retreats. Yeah. You know, controlled, with, you know, with a, a guide, you know, supervised. This thing, this thing is road bike to 30 This motherfucker goes fast though. No, this thing goes faster than that thing. Alright, go for it. Let's go for a bike ride. Yeah, Great.
freaking great. Trouble. Ooh, you bitch. Ooh, you're in trouble. Where's Skipper at? Bad, bur bad girl. Where's, where's, where's... Stay in there. Nope, Stay. Nope, he's out here too. Bitch. Nope, he's hiding somewhere. We gotta find him. No, because they gotta get caught right now. They gotta get caught. They gotta get stolen. Shitbird. Find him. Shitbird. Come here. Yeah, he's hiding. He's hiding. He's scared as fuck right now. Watch. Watch. He's over there. And you get like you're gonna fuck him. Where'd they get? Oh, they're probably over on that. No, yeah, the, did no, they came. She came from this way. So now, now the dog's gonna run up the hill and go the back route. Shit bird. Right there, Get over here, right now. Shit bird. Bad dog. Yeah. Gonna, gonna stay at Dale's. Maybe we can maybe we can adopt them out to Dale. Huh? Maybe we can adopt them out to Dale. Yeah, Dale. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Shit, bird, go fuck yourself. Ezekiel, when he stood beside the Chiba Canal near Nippur, fuck him. toward the bottom of the cloud, I'm four going. glowing creatures appeared like humans in their erect posture with legs and hands, but unlike them in having four faces and four wings. There was a square arrangement of the creatures with their wingtips not connected to each other. As they moved, they gave the impression of unity and always went in the direction they faced without turning. An apparition flashed among them like a torch. Each creature was accompanied by a highly complex wheel with eyes that moved in harmony with each other. They were surrounded by a dazzling expanse of ice. His ears were filled with the sound of wings in motion as they approached. Following the apparition's slackening wings, the prophet heard a sound from above. Expansion. Upon the expanse stood a sapphire throne upon which sat a brilliant figure encased in a rainbow-like radiance. Kabod of the Lord had been seen by Ezekiel. In his book, The Spaceships of Ezekiel, this Joseph F. Gumrich uh, analyzes the technical details given by the book of Ezekiel, describing the hybrid vehicle graphically as a cone-shaped capsule on a booster platform. The platform comprises four rocket units with retractable rotor blades and retractable arms. The chariot made its second appearance to Ezekiel at Jerusalem, and the consistency in the details concerning both appearances seems to eliminate the possibility of transcription errors. The appearance of the spacecraft at Nippur, the space control center before the deluge, is also significant. Ezekiel is instructed to do the following at Jerusalem. I got up and went to the plain where the cupboard of the Lord was waiting. 
just like the one I saw by the Chiba Canal. Afterward, yeah, um, Ezekiel describes how the, the carbot rose from its platform and flew yeah, over the point. city, then returned yeah. to Cherubim's landing platform. The carbot of the Lord went out and halted upon the Cherubim. The Cherubim raised their wings and rose from the ground. I watched them depart, the carbot of the Lord above and upon them. The personal craft or command capsule needed the larger vehicle or booster platform to travel greater distances and move freely around the earth. The cardboard appeared to Moses and the Israelites numerous times during the Exodus. As a result, the people were grumbling and dissatisfied as they entered the Sinai wilderness after leaving the Red Sea area. When Moses and Aaron told them they would soon see the cardboard of the Lord, they tried to appease them. In the evening, you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, and in the morning you shall see the cardboard of the Lord. In a cloud, the cardboard of the Lord appeared in the wilderness. The tent of meeting housed the spacecraft when it stayed among the Israelites as a temporary shelter or garage. Cardboard appears to have no antecedents and has not been semantically identified, while Shekinah literally means a physical residence or resting place. Despite this Semitic meaning, it has been translated into glory in the scriptures and given a mystical meaning that indicates a spiritual presence rather than a physical presence. The Kabbalah has developed complete literature on this spiritual meaning. In the scriptures and the pseudepigrapha, the term is never used in this sense. However, it is always described as a dwelling or vehicle used by the deity. Cherubim are the booster platforms that support Kabod and Shekinah. Theological interpretations have been given to the word cherubim as well. Usually translated as a winged group of celestial beings or a special kind of angel, the origins or roots of the word are unknown. The Hebrew word cherub or keruv may be a metathesis or inversion of the letters chariot or rekov, according to an article in the Encyclopedia of Judaica. There's a 90% chance your phone is already infected with this. There's a new groundbreaking discovery that's reversing planned obsolescence. And smartphone companies are trying their hardest to make it illegal in the U.S. Rather than spending $1,200 to $1,800 on a brand new smartphone every year, this $37 device is the best and most cost-effective way to turn your slow smartphone into a lightning-fast handheld supercomputer that will last a lifetime. The gadget uses extremely advanced AI technology that overrides your smartphone's operating system, making any slow loading times completely disappear from your phone. The charger is equipped with revolutionary QC 3.0 technology, which is four times faster than traditional chargers, charging a depleted battery from 1% to 100% in just 11 minutes, making one full yeah. charge unlock the true potential of battery, allowing it to last up to 50 six hours. There's this ad for, uh, here's... In the scriptures, the word cherub is sometimes equated with an aerial chariot, as in the second book of Samuel, which supports this view. Psalm 18 repeats it as well. On a cherub he flew. He came swiftly on the wings of the wind as he bowed the heavens and came down. 
One of the most outstanding scholars of Babylonian Jewry, Sadia Geon, lived in the first century AD. Probably the most outstanding scholar of Babylonian Jewry, the Shekinah is identical to the Kavod Hashem, a phrase usually translated in religious terms as majesty of his name. The word Kavod Hashem means the chariot of the Shem in modern terms. However, it also implies spacecraft since it refers to the main rocket booster. Scholars and translators have sought to give Genesis 11's reference to Shem only an allegorical meaning since humanity built towers to make a name for himself. This biblical tale of the Tower of Babel is told in Genesis as a result of the repopulation of the earth after the deluge, when some people journeyed to the east and they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they settled there. Shinar, of course, is the land of Sumer, and the plain is situated between the two rivers in Mesopotamia. The people said these things according to Genesis. Let's build a city and a tower whose top will reach the heavens. And let us give ourselves a name, Shem, so that we will not be scattered across the earth. The deity, however, was not pleased with this project, and he immediately came down to investigate. After deciding to act, the deity informed some colleagues who are not identified. Let's confound their language so they cannot understand each other's speech. And the Lord scattered them from there over the entire earth. Hey! Get back the in Lord there. mingled the earth's tongues Get there, back. and they stopped building the city, so it became known as Babel. In this chapter of Genesis, there are more questions than answers. Why did ancient Babylonians create a tower or ziggurat whose top would reach the heavens to create a name? The Lord was upset over raising this question, as it makes no sense why making a name or reputation could counteract the effects of humanity being scattered worldwide. <laughs> After such a feat, man would be able to accomplish anything. There is clearly something missing from yeah. the text. As one reads rocket ship instead of name for the Hebrew or Semitic word Shem, the answers to these questions become evident. Man builds a tower to erect a rocket ship to fly over the people's land like a god, even trying to reach the orbiting spaceship so he can meet the gods and perhaps achieve immortality. Rockets and space vehicles were forbidden to anyone but the gods. A case parallel to the Tower of Babel is described in the Gilgamesh epic using the Hebrew word Shem derived from Akkadian Semitic Shumu. A dead body floated in the river below the city walls. It was a sad and depressing thought for Gilgamesh to die as the king of Uruk. Because Gilgamesh was also part mortal, he feared the same fate would befall him. Seeing immortality in Lebanon's cedar forest, he set his sights on the land of the living. During his conversation with Enkidu, Gilgamesh revealed that he intended to enter the cedar land to set up his Shumu at the place where Shumus had been raised. I would raise my Shumu there. According to Enkidu, Gilgamesh was required to seek permission from Utu before entering this land, which he did. Yeah. The cedar land was ruled by Utu or Shamash, which was the site of the space platform. Shumu does not make sense when translated as a name or reputation. As in Genesis, 
man would imitate the gods and build a rocket ship to reach them since the gods held all of life's secrets. The tale of Adapa uses the word Shumu similarly. He is summoned to heaven by the chief god An, and after seeing the wonders of earth and sky, the chief god asks who provided him with the Shumu to reach the heavenly abode, or orbiting spaceship. As the word Shumu implies, he was transported from Earth to Heaven by a shuttle. To leave Earth for the orbiting spaceship, the Shem carried the Shekinah or Kabod, the command capsule. It is presumed that the main booster landed on Earth and was waiting for the next launch at Baalbek. A large booster was unnecessary for the composite craft, Shekinah and Cherubim, to leave the spaceship and return to Earth. A braking capability would be enough for slower spacecraft's re-entry in such a scenario. According to Ezekiel's chariot incident at Jerusalem, the personal space capsule or command module apparently had its own propulsion. Avocados are really one of the best foods that you can eat. They're almost pure fat and fiber, and it's fiber that your gut buddies love. You will actually lose weight until I educate myself in every until I push every button, every single button on the web page. I missed not one button, even the fucking the fucking copyright button at the bottom. <laughs> I pushed every one on, on there. That's what I had to do is I had to push every one not only once but like ten times. Uh -huh. Because the coordination is like this. You can have these ten over here, but you have to have these ten over here, either on or off. It's like it's like a uh, it's like a fucking settings, you know, like probably about four hundred different settings because of all the suppliers, everything like that. <laughs> Just sitting there, standing there, look. Let him live there from now on. Oh, yeah, why don't you go live there, motherfucker? Moving out. He just knows how to go around back, right? He'll, he'll go up the back fence, he'll come in the back way. He knows where to go. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, I'm still not done. I still got I still got to fucking bury my face in this more. I, I, I finally got everything down to one red mark. Uh, we got, we got like 3,800, oh, no, no, I'm sorry, 5,800 red marks. So I, I've, I only, I, I've been making sales and I've only had 800 products up. So now, uh, this today, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to put the full 10,000 up. <laughs> and, and I'm still I'm getting like three a day, you know what I mean? So we're, you know, like up to 18 <clears throat> orders. Um, everything's going good. It's automated, so it's, it does everything for me. Uh, each one that I've set up, every product that I've set up, if, they, if, if I could find a product that's repetitious now, they got these watches. I've seen some fucking cool ass shit though that that's that's coming out like they give they give us the newest stuff that's coming out like on the market like shit you know like I, I didn't know existed you know what I'm saying so so um uh, and guess what we're coming up into coming up into Black Christmas. Friday and Christmas yeah man. it should be a fucking slam dunk okay <laughs> I'll be prepared by then like yeah. I'm above the I, from what I understand I'm way above the average because most people get into it and they 
they don't make sales right away because they don't know what they're doing. And see, like, I put a lot out there just to go. I was like, I are we are we still getting sales or is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, three a day, two a, two or three a day. Mm -hmm. But they didn't for a second because what happened was I had them all wrong. They were okay? flagged. I, for or one second I did like so I fixed the setting in there and every one of them, seven thousand of them went fucking. And I, so we had nothing up, except for, you know, other stuff that's offices. That's always uh, going on. But then, but then it, uh, I had nothing up, and I was not like two days, and I was like, there's no sales. I was like, fuck. So I checked, and it's a setting, and it's like on hold. Why is the reason on hold? 100% over the time allotted for shipping. So one, 100% over, over, shipment, uh, over shipment timing. And th this is... This what does is, that mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exact, Amundo. What does that mean? That means you got to go fish. Go find out what it means. Find uh -huh. out what each... So if I uploaded a thousand of them, right? Uh -huh. And out of that thousand, I don't know what the fuck them. They're fucking Alibaba. There's fucking... Uh, or not Alibaba. There's... 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 Uh, there's, there's, Walmart, there's, there's Wayfair. And then there's, there's Home Depot. And there's, and there's uh, Amazon. And all those suppliers, um, you have to... You have to figure out... Okay, you have to figure out what the supplier can do for you. Because if this shit is like, ten, if it says 10 days on there, and it does, they change it all the time. They run out of stock, they do this. So you upload all this stuff up there, and then it's all wrong. Because I had the wrong setting. One setting. One setting. Okay, and my setting was like 30 days return, or it was, it was shipping over a allotted amount of time. So it was different on each one. So somewhere, somewhere, you know, on point with, with whatever. And then, and then what I did was, I lowered everything down. We're going to kill it because I, I, went, I went for, I mean, I'm cutthroat on it. We're going to be 10%. And I even seen someone, give, they give a hint in there. They give a hint like 4%. It's all you need when you're selling a million fucking out the door. You got yeah. the cheapest on the fucking block. <clears throat> Everybody's going to the same supplier. Uh -huh. Who's willing to take the least amount of percentage uh -huh. and, and give the most customer service is going to prevail? I mm. figured this out. Like mm. these guys that are doing it, I see their percentage. Yeah, because so people are going to shop around and look look for the cheap. They're going to see dollars, two dollars cheaper. Yeah, the, I'm getting this right here. You $2. Can get a bunch. Two dollars, and that's only one percent. <laughs> and okay. stock up. So you got to just like I, I'm at because it's the right cheapest now. they've ever seen it. I'm doing I'm doing the backwards of what he said. He's like he's like you know 25, 30 percent, but these guys going. I've got 60 items up. I'm like. 60 items? I'm like, oh, we ain't talking about 60 items. We're talking about, well, I've read with these thousands. people. Got, yeah, tens of thousands. I said, these people that are doing the success uh -huh. have got the hundred. Yeah, you know, it's like an online warehouse. Products, okay? You're setting up an online warehouse, basically. Yeah, yeah all over the country. A virtual in, in, in warehouse. Every, in every single city uh, that you can. There's mm -hmm. there's over 100 FBA or SBAs. Right? Uh, uh, Small business a, 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 administration. Yeah. Amazon. No, no, no. Amazon. Oh, AFB, Amazon uh, fulfillment. fulfillment business, business, fulfillment services, Did it all by itself. It's always like it's always like it's always like right on point, you know. We know we know you probably went, you know, put some on there and uh, you uh, 
its own propulsion system, which enabled it to rise from the booster oh. literally means a physical residence or resting place. Despite this Semitic meaning, it has been translated into glory in the scriptures and given a mystical meaning that indicates a spiritual presence rather than a physical presence. <laughs> the Kabbalah has developed complete literature on this spiritual meaning. In the scriptures and the pseudepigrapha, the term is never used in this sense. However, it is always described as a dwelling or vehicle used by the deity. Cherubim are the booster platforms that support Kabod and Shekinah. Theological interpretations have been given to the word Cherubim as well. Right now, should be. Yeah, that's great. Tucson. Tristonia, Tristonia e-bikes. <laughs> Sounds like a uh, country. I'm gonna put some hay down, and and I'm gonna work. I'm gonna work on my vehicle right here, so that it's up on a ledge, so I can get under it to do it. So I'm hanging off that. I put a quick cactus up there and shit. I'm gonna put a light right here too right now. I'm gonna put that, I'm gonna, oh, the, yeah, I can hook the up, but I'll make the light, but I'm gonna put a light right there, so that it kind of, like, lights up that area, okay. This would be a nice for, like, a table in there. You know what, I was gonna surprise you, too, I thought about that. <laughs> I thought about, I'm gonna take some chairs and throw them on the roof, and throw some wood on the roof, and just get up there and fucking chill. Up there, I'll lock it in. <laughs> oh, that'd be neat. Yeah, because I got the chairs, I was thinking, look, I'm gonna put them on a rope, and uh -huh. just put them up on the roof, all these chairs. But I need to, and then put a ladder up there. Uh -huh. Everybody's gonna climb the ladder nice and you know what I mean? I got that blue ladder which is easy and to just strap it on it's scary going up a ladder. Especially when you step on the roof, there's a way to do it. Mm. Otherwise it's fucking scary. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just it really is. So I thought about I'll tie it in over there. Oh wait, was it right here? I think Maybe we can make a staircase or something. Like a what? A, maybe we can make a like a circular staircase or something like that. Well, um, yeah, I mean we could, but you know that's that's a that's a big feat right there. We just go up on a ladder for now. Yeah. Probably let's see, put a like a dummy waiter to pull shit up there. Hmm. But I could do you know something like that. It, it, the roof is, I mean, three of us sitting in one place. Okay, I, I'm gonna have to put some wood down. I think I just got some some plywood. You know, up there I have to put some plywood. I, there's some over here. Where's the sheets somewhere? I'll probably put down some some. I don't want to make it too heavy, but looking. I don't make it too heavy, but I was thinking. Mm. Uh, yeah, just maybe, maybe, mm. maybe. Uh, the pallets seem heavy. Three people. You got to figure. You know, you're putting. This, you know, you got a table. All the sheets got thousand fucking pounds with three people up there. Uh -huh. And and some food and some chairs and shit. And, you know, boom. Imagine coming through the fucking roof and going through the <laughs> all three of us together. Yeah. Right. Like... We ain't getting Nana up there. Huh. What do you know? know? 
seen him um, uh, he's he's much more likely to uh, dip into the chicken scratch supposed to be poisonous so if he if he did is it I, I, yeah it is he probably knows but yeah so you know some things are poisonous to us but not to the animal so i mean it does, that's probably poisonous to us too i'm sure it was it was probably maybe not delicious must must not have been delicious Ba, 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 ba. Hey, 
translated as a winged group of celestial beings or a special kind of angel, the origins or roots of the word are unknown. The Hebrew word cherub or keruv may be a metathesis or inversion of the letters chariot or rekuv, according to an article in the Encyclopedia of Judaica. In the scriptures, the word cherub is sometimes equated with an aerial chariot, as in the second book of Samuel, which supports this view. Psalm 18 repeats it as well. On a cherub he flew. He came swiftly on the wings of the wind as he bowed the heavens and came down. One of the most outstanding scholars of Babylonian Jewry, Sadia Geon, lived in the first century AD. Probably the most outstanding scholar of Babylonian Jewry, the Shekinah is identical to the Kavod Hashem, a phrase usually translated in religious terms as majesty of his name. The word Kavod Hashem means the chariot of Hashem in modern terms. However, it also implies spacecraft since it refers to the main rocket booster. Scholars and translators have sought to give Genesis 11's reference to Shem only an allegorical meaning since humanity built towers to make a name for himself. This biblical tale of the Tower of Babel is told in Genesis as a result of the repopulation of the earth after the deluge, when some people journeyed to the east and they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they settled there. Shinar, of course, is the land of Sumer, and the plain is situated between the two rivers in Mesopotamia. The people said these things according to Genesis. Let's build a city and a tower whose top will reach the heavens. And let us give ourselves a name, Shem, so that we will not be scattered across the earth. The deity, however, was not pleased with this project, and he immediately came down to investigate. After deciding to act, the deity informed some colleagues who are not identified. Let's confound their language so they cannot understand each other's speech. And the Lord scattered them from there over the entire earth. The Lord mingled the earth's tongues there, and they stopped building the city, so it became known as Babel. In this chapter of Genesis, there are more questions than answers. Yeah, we're talking serious income. And the way that they do that... Don't, don't need a real estate license. Don't need a license. <laughs> than answers. Come, come, come. Why did ancient Babylonians create a tower or ziggurat whose top would reach the heavens to create a name? The Lord was upset over raising this question, as it makes no sense why making a name or reputation could counteract the effects of humanity being scattered worldwide. After such a feat, man would be able to accomplish anything. There is clearly something missing from the text. As one reads rocket ship instead of name for the Hebrew or Semitic word Shem, the answers to these questions become evident. Man builds a tower to erect a rocket ship to fly over the people's land like a god, even trying to reach the orbiting spaceship so he can meet the gods and perhaps achieve immortality. Rockets and space vehicles were forbidden to anyone but the gods. A case parallel to the Tower of Babel is described in the Gilgamesh epic using the Hebrew word Shem derived from Akkadian Semitic Shumu. A dead body floated in the river below the city walls. It was a sad and depressing thought for Gilgamesh to die, the king of Uruk. Because Gilgamesh was also part mortal, the 
the same fate would befall him. Seeing immortality in Lebanon's cedar forest, he set his sights on the land of the living. During his conversation with Enkidu, Gilgamesh revealed that he intended to enter the cedar land to set up his Shumu at the place where Shumus had been raised. I would raise my Shumu there. According to Enkidu, Gilgamesh was required to seek permission from Hutu before entering this land, which he did. The cedar land was ruled by Hutu or Shamash, which was the site of the space platform. Shumu does not make sense when translated as a name or reputation. As in Genesis, man would imitate the gods and build a rocket ship to reach them since the gods held all of life's secrets. The tale of Adapa uses the word Shumu similarly. He is summoned to heaven by the chief god An, and after seeing the wonders of earth and sky, the chief god asks who provided him with the Shumu to reach the heavenly abode. Orbiting a spaceship. As the word Shumu implies, he was transported from Earth to Heaven by a shuttle. To leave Earth for the orbiting spaceship, Hashem carried the Shekinah or Kobot, the command capsule. It is presumed that the main booster landed on Earth and was waiting for the next launch of Barbe. A large booster was unnecessary for the composite craft, Shekinah and Cherubim, to leave the spaceship and return to Earth. A braking capability would be enough to slow a spacecraft's re-entry in such a scenario. According to Ezekiel's chariot incident at Jerusalem, the personal space capsule or command module apparently had its own propulsion system which enabled it to rise from the booster platform or cherubim and move freely about at short distances. Throughout the Middle East, Mesopotamia, the Levant, Egypt and Greece, the design and confirmation of this command capsule became a representation of the home of the gods. This victory stele represents Noram Sin's victory over a local people in the mid-23rd century BC. A horned headdress depicts Noram Sin triumphantly trotting over a prostrate enemy while wearing the horned headdress of a god. The star symbol of Shamash dominates a conical object that he faces. In one of his wars of conquest, Naram Sin invaded a mountainous land. A conical object symbolizes the space facilities at Baalbek, as we will see in chapter 16. The inscription boasts of having destroyed the cities of this mountain land. It was revered as the dwelling place of the gods throughout the Middle East. In various forms, the Semitic peoples refer to Bethel as Betil, a corruption of Bethel. The cone-shaped object is depicted in a sacred enclosure for veneration on a coin from Byblos, the Phoenician seaport. People throughout the Middle East considered a similar object to be the residence of their local gods. A legend about the phoenix, a legendary bird that arose in flames from the sunstone of the Temple of the Sun in the city of Arn in Egypt, now known as Heliopolis by the Greeks, is the source of the word Betel or Betel, as used as the home of the gods. A sacred bird from the east was buried in the Temple of the Son of Anu, the ancient religious center of Anu, known to the Greeks as Heliopolis. As a result of its Greek name, Phoenix, it was known as the Bennu bird by the Egyptians. Also visiting Egypt, Tacitus, Pliny, and Ovid reported that the Phoenix built its nest on the sunstone of the temple, where it perished in flames. 
500 years, he did not return to Egypt after rising from the ashes. As early as the 25th century BC, Egyptian depictions of... In of this what? video, I'm going to show you how I went from oh, being shit. a burn-on doctor those who worked in the a legend about the phoenix, a legendary bird that arose in flames from the sunstone at the Temple of the Sun in the city of Arn in Egypt, now known as Heliopolis by the Greeks, is the source of the word Betel, or Betel, as used as the home of the gods. A sacred bird from the east was buried in the Temple of the Sun of Anu, the ancient religious center of Anu, known to the Greeks as Heliopolis. As a result of its Greek name, Phoenix, it was known as the Bennu bird by the Egyptians. Benu also bird. visiting Egypt, Tacitus, Pliny and Ovid reported that the phoenix built its nest on the sunstone at the temple where it perished in flames. Oh. For 500 years, it did not return to Egypt after rising from the ashes. As early as the 25th century BC, Egyptian depictions of the Bennu bird show it as a magpie with golden and red plumage. Herodotus described the bird as looking like an eagle. Later dynasties featured herons with two long feathers growing from their backs. It is well known that legends are based on kernels of truth that become distorted over time. Throughout the generations, the story becomes so encrusted that little of the original truth remains. Nevertheless, in some instances, such as the phoenix bird, we can trace its origin back to prehistoric times and discover the core of truth that precipitates the legend. The inscription on Unas's burial chamber reads as follows. The last king of the 5th dynasty, circa 2400 BC. The first Egyptian reference to the Bennu bird dates from the Old Kingdom. Known as the Pyramid Texts, these carved inscriptions contained the king's instructions for his trip to the afterlife and how to achieve it. It is generally accepted that the pyramid texts represent a belief in a stellar cult that requires the deceased king to travel to the stars. The serpent he rides is often depicted as heading toward a star constellation. In his boat of heaven, he mimics the journey of the sun god himself, who was said to be able to traverse the sky. According to the inscription found on the walls of this king's burial chamber, the sun god rises from the Benben stone. O Artum, the creator, you have risen up from the Benben stone in the temple of the Benu in the city of Anu. The sun god Artum had replaced Ra, who dominated the pantheon in ancient Egypt's early days. At this time of the 25th century BC, also called Artum Ra. <laughs> On their wooden coffins, the commoners painted the pyramid texts. They became known as the coffin texts and were eventually transcribed onto papyrus to become the Book of the Dead. Book of the Dead refers to the three texts collectively. It was their version of a do-it-yourself guide to reaching heaven and attaining immortality. Sun worship has been associated with the phoenix bird since ancient times. There is a connection between the phoenix's colors its miraculous birth and its connection to fire, all symbols of the sun. 
We shall see, however, that these characteristics lend themselves to a more exciting explanation. The inner sanctum of the Sun Temple was the most sacred place in the city of Anum. On the sunstone was an obelisk called the Benben. The Benben was a pyramid-shaped stone mounted on a square stone platform, giving the appearance of a stubby obelisk. This stone was alighted by a phoenix or Benuban. Since prehistoric times, sunstones have been revered as dwellings of the sun gods. In ancient Egypt, obelisks were a combination of pyramids and square columns. An obelisk was erected by every succeeding pharaoh. Known as pyramidions, the pyramid's capstones represented the sun god's physical dwelling. Accordingly, the dead king was believed to be protected by God himself. Pyramidion-topped obelisks and pyramids became one of Egypt's most sacred objects. Heliopolis priests of Anu assimilated the phoenix legend into Egyptian sun worship, which originated elsewhere. It is believed that the phoenix bird flew from the east to Egypt to repeat its flaming display after arriving from Arabia or Assyria. Since the Egyptians had a narrow worldview, Arabia could lie anywhere east of the Delta region. Palestine, Syria and Lebanon revered the sunstone as the dwelling of the sun god. Often, it was depicted as an upright conical stone rather than a stubby obelisk. The Egyptian gods were worshipped alongside those of the Canaanite pantheon at Byblos, the oldest Phoenician city. The Roman Emperor Macronus, AD 217, depicted a shrine many centuries old on a coin from Byblos of one of the sanctuaries that contained a sacred chapel. The image shows a conical-shaped dwelling of the sun god within a sacred enclosure. The Semitic peoples called the sunstone a betel or betel. Its functions are similar to those of the pyramid-shaped stone found in Egypt. Why my Verbo host? People come together from all over to enjoy my place. So I'm making a connection with hundreds of people. Found in Egypt. The Semitic term Betil refers to God's abode or dwelling. Around the 8th millennium BC, a sunstone or Betil was worshipped in Palestine. The lowest level of the ancient ruins of Jericho held an oval stone upright on a pedestal carbon dated to 7000 BC at its center. The Betil stones were found all over Palestine and Syria and date to the mid-14th century BC. The Hebrews destroyed most of these pagan shrines following the division of the Kingdom of Solomon, but some still remain in more isolated areas, such as in southeast Palestine near Arabia, where the Nabataeans lived. A necropolis of Nabataean tombs at Madar-im Saleh in northwest Arabia. Many of the tombs have burials or sacred stones in them. Native Americans believed these altars, which appeared as stone blocks or stubby obelisks, were inhabited by their chief deity, Dushara. Mecca is the most sacred Islamic shrine, and it is believed that a stone called the Black Stone, known as the Kaaba, fell from the sky. Another Heliopolis is nearby in Lebanon at a place called Baalbek, in addition to the one in Egypt. In antiquity, the sun god regarded it as a sacred city. Shemesh or Shamash is the Semitic name for the Sumerian god Utu, and the Old Testament calls it Beth Shemesh, or the abode of the sun god.
According to the Mesopotamians, Lebanon was the land of cedars. The Greeks erected a magnificent temple at Baalbek for their sun god Apollo or Helios. A magnificent temple is also dedicated to Jupiter, the Roman sun god. In addition to Rome, this temple was the largest they had ever built, indicating their importance in this location. There are still six mighty columns, each 62 feet high and 8 feet in diameter standing today. This temple is remarkable because it is built on a massive three-tiered stone base that must have existed long before the Greeks and Romans arrived. Approximately 30 feet high and covered with perfectly fitted and hewn stones ranging in size from 10 to 30 feet, it is raised 30 feet above the ground. Three cyclopean stones were used to construct the platform's base, approximately 32 feet long, 13 feet wide, and 12 feet thick. To compare, the largest stone in the Great Pyramid weighs 200 tons. Four stones lie in the quarry nearby, all but one of their bases readily shaped and cut. Approximately 12,000 tons of weight are estimated to be contained within its 72-foot length and 16-by-16-foot cross-section. Despite the stone's apparent purpose, the work never ended, and operations appear to have abruptly ceased. Western culture first became aware of this fabled bird through the travels of Herodotus, who visited Egypt about 455 BC and saw the bird rise from its own ashes, becoming a symbol of regeneration. To build such a monumental stone platform, either immense weight had to be supported or tremendous pressure had to be applied to the ground, such as when a large rocket motor was mounted. The Lebanese sun god Shamash, who lived at Baalbek, had many similarities to the Egyptian sun god. Shamash appears with a sun disk containing a four-pointed star and four radiating spokes just like Ra, the Egyptian god of the sun. His head is often depicted as that of an eagle, just like Ra's. Additionally, he is shown holding immortality symbols in some scenes. It was ostensibly the city of Anu in Egypt where Utu or Shamash left Baalbek, and his bright arrival and departure in flames became the basis of the legend of the golden and red phoenix bird. In the Middle East, the Betil or Sunstone was revered as the physical dwelling of the Sun God for thousands of years. Conical or pyramid-shaped, it represents the command or personal capsule of a composite rocket's first stage, representing the Sun God's dwelling. The ancient hieroglyphic sign representing Anu or Heliopolis in Egypt partially recalls the origin of the Sunstone. In the illustration, it appears as a bolt pointing upward. Those who came much later, the Greeks, adopted the conical-shaped stone as a sacred shrine to Apollo, their sun god. Every oracular site had an omphalos, the most sacred object. Originally from Asia Minor, Apollo became one of the most important gods in the Greek pantheon. First appearing on Delos, his cult leapfrogged to Dodona in mainland Greece. All Greek wars took place on Delos inviolately. Its sanctity was even respected by the Persians who bypassed it. A cult center for Apollo was established on the mainland for the first time. 
Herodotus's history can be traced back to about 2000 BC. Dodona was replaced as a cult center by Delphi as its importance declined. For two years, a secret army of federal and private contractors has been working quietly. Its mission is to develop a government-sanctioned technology. Jim Rickards, a former advisor to the Pentagon and CIA, warns the implications of this new technology will mean total... Kaduna was replaced as a call center by Delphi as its importance declined. Come back if you want to hear the rest. Like 